Today, Monday, January 18, 2021, is Martin Luther King Jr. Day, a federal holiday observed on the third Monday in January to remember the legacy of the iconic civil rights leader. Like in the 1960s, a new civil rights movement has emerged in the form of Black Lives Matter, whose leaders are self-proclaimed trade Marxists with ties to other communist groups. Today, we'll examine Dr. King's ties to communists in this episode of Anarchy in America with Christian Gomez. Joining us today to discuss Dr. King and his often overlooked or dismissed ties to communists is John F. McManus, the President Emeritus of the John Birch Society. Thank you for being with us today. Glad to be with you. So, uh, responding to accusations of communist infiltration, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was quoted in the July 23, 1964 issue of the New York World Telegram newspaper as saying, quote, I am sick and tired of people saying this movement has been infiltrated by communists and communist sympathizers. There are as many communists in this freedom movement as there are Eskimos in Florida. So, Mr. McManus, was Dr. King right, or were these Eskimos, so to speak, a lot more prevalent than what he was led to believe? Well, well, first of all, uh, the movement wasn't infiltrated by communists. It was created by communists. And uh, Martin Luther King was a kind of a nondescript individual who uh, won his degree at Boston University through plagiarism. In other words, he was compromisable. And so somebody la- landed onto D- Dr. King and said, you, you come ahead with us now. Or we'll make a big feature out of you. And uh, as long as you do our bidding, uh, everything will be fine and we'll take care of you. That's the way it works. So he, he, he was brought from nothingness to uh, national attention uh, by the same people who want to destroy America. And that's been going on for a long, long time. So when people think of communists, they think of Marxist-Leninists and individuals that are atheists and that have total disregard for religion. But but Dr. King was a, a Baptist minister, a, a clergyman. So how um, exactly is Dr. King affiliated with, uh, with communists and an ideology that is known for atheism? Well, he formed an organization and in his organization, he had uh, accepted money from communists. He hired communists. There was one individual named Hunter Pitts Odell, who was found out to be a communist working for Dr. King. So we fired him. And then after the the uh, noise went down, he hired him the very next day in another city. So his his ties to communism were... Uh, all over the place, as you might say. He attended the communist training school at Monteagle, Tennessee, where he was photographed along with Abner Berry and Miles Horton and several other top communists. He accepted money from communists. He accepted direction from them. And he carried out their plans. But the plans of the communists regarding the United States were obvious. In fact, the John Birch Society at one time reprinted a couple of communist booklets. I have one here called America's 
Negro problems. And in these booklets, the, the campaign is, is laid out. And then Martin Luther King actually certified what the, the intention was of all of the fuss that was being raised by black activists in the southeast part of the United States. It was in the April 3rd, 1965 issue of Saturday Review, a very left-leaning publication, where King said exactly what his program was. It was four steps. First was nonviolent demonstrators go into the streets to exercise their constitutional rights. Well, that means parades, it means demonstrations, it means all kinds of things. Step two, racists resist by unleashing violence against them. Okay? So he wanted the violence. He became the apostle of nonviolence? No, he, was, he wanted the violence. He said so himself. Right, step number three, Americans of conscience in the name of decency demand federal intervention and legislation. So the violence that he wanted occurred and Americans were per persuaded that what was needed was more federal government. And then fourth, the fourth step in his program, the administration under mass pressure initiates measures of immediate intervention and, and remedial legislation. This so sounds they, a lot sounds, like the Black Lives Matter movement today. Well, it does, right. And that's exactly what King said himself. I'm not making that up. And anybody who wants to look at it can go look and, and find the old uh, uh, Saturday Review magazine. And the date of it is April 3rd, 1965. Martin Luther King's whole program was based on creating violence and having a response that included more federal legislation, taking away the freedom of all Americans. But then an interesting thing happened. We had a good member of the John Birch Society named Julia Brown, a, a woman who came out of Cleveland, Ohio. And Julia Brown had attended in her youth a meeting to discuss the plight of the Negro in America. She was, she was concerned about it probably had a good reason to be concerned about it. But she went to the meeting, and then she found out by being at the meeting, she had joined the Communist Party. Well, she didn't want that. So she went to the FBI locally there in Cleveland, and, he, and she told them, here's what happened to me, and I don't want to be a communist. And they said to her, Mrs. Brown, we have a favor to ask of you. We'd like you to stay in that movement. We'd like you to report to us what's going on with the communists in that movement. Will you do that? She thought about it. She said she would. Her patriotic duty, she would do that. For nine years, she did it. And finally, after nine years, she was asked to be the star witness at a trial held against the communists in the Cleveland, Ohio area for, for wrongdoing, uh, uh, promoting insurrection and so forth. And she was, in other words, outed by her FBI people. Well, the communists didn't like that at all. They found out that uh, they had been infiltrated by Julia Brown. And she feared for her life, had to move out of Cleveland. Well, she became a prominent member of the John Birch Society at that point. She knew where friends were, and they were, they were the friends. Then she became a speaker for our Speakers Bureau. And Martin Luther King was continuing to raise fuss down in the southeast part of the United States 
there would be a riot and, and it would be put down, or there would be a riot that would succeed and, and the federal legislation would follow and so forth. It got to a point where people in the South, both black and white, who knew that Martin Luther King or his agents had been in their community stirring up problems, they would come to uh, together and they would contact the John Birch Society and said, can you send Julia Brown down here? So she would go down to the South and she would speak to an audience of three, four, 500 people, half black, half white, and tell them exactly what was happening. She became extremely effective. Martin Luther King had to call off several of the planned riots that he had, he had been working on in Southern Virginia, in Northern North Carolina, and so forth. Because Julia <laughs> Brown had exposed him. Because Julia Brown could be called on to go to those communities and expose them. I'm Julia Brown. For nine years, I was a member of the Communist Party, serving as an undercover agent for the FBI. During that time, I learned that the communist conspiracy had been planning and working for years to bring violent revolution to America. It was to be a communist revolution, but the great majority of the American people would not be allowed to realize that until it had already happened. If all goes according to the communist blueprint, Americans will believe that the chaos and violence has something to do with civil rights. Our enemies were quick to find our weakest point for their attack. They knew that racial differences could provide them with an excellent wedge to divide our people. Their strategy simply has been to keep hammering on that wedge, to drive it deeper into our social structure, to open all wounds that have long since healed, and deliberately to create new ones wherever they can. And it, and it worked. It got to a point where Martin Luther King's people went to a town called Lincolnton. I think it's in northern, uh, northern uh, uh, North Carolina. And the head of the, the black community in that town met these people from the Martin Luther King S Southern Christian Leadership Conference or whatever they called it, and, and begged him, don't come here. We don't want you here. No, no. No, everything's fine with us, with the white people. We're getting along fine. We have a nice community. We don't want it burned down. We don't want demonstrations here. We don't want people shot and so forth. In other words, you, Martin Luther King agent, get out of here. Right? Essentially, and, he and, wasn't needed there. People there were, the, the, both the black and white communities, they were getting along quite well, but King was yeah. trying to go in and divide the people, which is the first right. tactic of, of anarchy in America that the communists tried to employ. Well, it was the first tactic, and what King said was his policy, and I, I've quoted that already. So <clears throat> what happened at that point was Martin Luther King became more uh, uh, worth to the communist attempt to destroy our country. He became uh, 
more more uh, valuable dead than alive as a martyr yeah and he and he and he was killed he was killed in memphis tennessee when he was involved there in a uh, strike of people working as garbage collectors i think it was and uh they eventually found a man they 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 accused him of being the the man who killed martin luther king and so forth but then king became a a, a martyr and and uh, then, then there was the message that we got to have a national holiday in honor of the late great Martin Luther King. Uh, Julia Brown was still alive. Julia Brown came to a meeting of the John Birch Society held in Washington D.C. during the period when the holiday was being discussed, and she begged congressmen and senators, "Don't do this." Here's the truth about Martin Luther King. And some of them listened, most of them didn't. So we got the holiday. Uh, her speech, one of her famous speeches was called Americans Stop Thinking Like Communists, right? Uh, that speech was entered into the congressional record by Congressman Larry McDonald. And, and it talked, Julia Brown in her own voice, in her own, in her own uh, way of, of thinking, things through. The title of the talk that she gave was Americans Stop Thinking Like Communists and, and Stop Doing What Communists Want Done. And what they wanted done, she kept saying, was they, they want to continue to divide America, not to have Americans live side by side with each other. So, so we eventually got the holiday. Incredible. It, it's a it's an incredible story to to know exactly what happened. Now we had a movie yet, uh, that was produced for the John Bird Society by some of our people, and it was called Anarchy USA. And it went through the process of what was going to happen, what had happened already, and so forth. I had an interesting thing happen. The Belmont headquarters of the John Bird Society at the time is just a short distance from downtown Boston. Well, somebody from Boston University, where King had attended and gotten his degree, called and wanted to know, they'd heard about the film, would somebody come and show this film to the divinity students at the Martin Luther, at the uh, Boston University School Ministry School. I got to be the man showing the film. Right? So I brought the film down. They introduced me, they told everybody, there were 30 or 40 students there. They, they told me, told everybody who I was from the John Birch Society, I'm gonna show my film. And the intention was to uh, mock the film, show how bad the film was, show how wrong it was and so forth. So we played the whole film and after it was over, there was dead silence. And I said to the moderator of the program there, I said, I'll be happy to try to answer any questions you might have. No, no, Mr. McManus, uh, 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 please button up your film and get the heck out of here. <laughs> he didn't say it in that many words, but that's what happened. I came back and I told the colleagues at the Birch Society what had happened. We all had a laugh about it, but it showed how effective the film was to, to portray the communist program some of the communist agitators, and Julia Brown, of course, was in the film, was so was Leonard Patterson. Leonard Patterson was so, so highly regarded by communist leaders 
they took him to Moscow for training for two full years. He came back and he saw through it all and he quit. Right? We found him in New York City driving a taxi cab. Leonard, would you like to go on a speaking tour and tell everybody of your experiences? Yes, I would. I'm worried about what's happening in our country. And so he did that as well. But all of what we did was not nearly what was being done in Washington, D.C. to make a holiday out of Martin Luther King's memory. So with everything that's going on now, uh, with the election of of Warnock in Georgia to the U.S. Senate, and he, of course, was the, in 2005, he was made the senior pastor of the Ebenezer Baptist Church, the same church that MLK uh, co-pastored for so long. Uh, Do you see um, sort of new Dr. King's rising in the form of Warnock and, and others in the Black Lives Matter movement today? Well, I do, but they're not going to do the same kind of tactics. They've got new tactics today. Uh, they have been empowered. There's no doubt about it. They have been empowered, and they don't need to start a little riot in a small community in the southeast part of the United States anymore. But they're, they're, they're still active, and what they want is total government. And Warnock is, is a man who has expressed that uh, in different, different wordage, but he has expressed it. So our country is, is in trouble. Our country needs more people involved in trying to save America, to get back to real American values and so forth. And there's no better way to do that than to join the John Birch Society. And we certainly invite everybody to do that. Contact us, 1-800-JBS-USA-1. And we'd be glad to send information to you and get you started. Thank you so much, Jack. And of course, we hope that those watching would heed your advice and join the John Birch Society. Well, uh, thank you so much, Jack, again, and take care and God bless you. Thank you. Same to you. During the interview, Mr. McManus pointed to these two communist publications. In the very last sentence of The Negroes in a Soviet America, it reads, Join the Communist Party. Help create the powerful great vanguard which is leading the masses towards socialism. Make no mistake about it, the real aim of communists isn't communism, but socialism, which is total government. And it's this very increase of government that King, in the 50s and 60s, and people like Senators Raphael Warnock, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Cori Bush in the House, and BLM today, wish to take America. To help expose and defeat this communist push towards socialism today, we invite you to membership in the John Birch Society. Until next week, stay safe and God bless.